doesn't want to go with you. He wants your permission. He is strong with the Force. But talent without training is nothing. I will give my life to protect the child. But he will not be safe until he masters his abilities. Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Never Seen Star Wars. But before today, we've never seen The Mandalorian, Chapter 16, The Rescue. But now we have... Hi, everybody. My name is Trevor Chong. I'm your host here today as we're talking the season two season finale of The Mandalorian. And wow, 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 what an episode. Can we believe the things that are happening? So much to talk about, but we got a gigantic panel here for us today where every week we've had a different guest join us. And I just sort of gave an open invite. Hey, anybody who's been on the podcast, you know, you can come back with us the finale podcast help us save grogu help us save baby yoda you know i need some backup i need uh some people to help me out and uh not everybody answered the call uh but most people did and uh let's just quickly just say hi to everybody here jordan jordan how you doing trevor doing really well unlike frog lady uh, i answered the call and i am here and a friendly piece of advice like moff gideon assume that i know everything all right wow um we also have back with us Rachel from themarysue.com. Rachel, how are you doing? Doing well. I, I'm here like, like Ming-Na Wen. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm Fennec Chan. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. And uh, back with us is Joash. Joash, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Excited to see and talk about, excited to see you guys talk about this finale. I've got lots of thoughts. Lots of thoughts. All right. Alex Kidwell, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah, I was gonna say we should. We all need to like identify ourselves in the finale, right? Like, uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Jordan could be Frog Lady because he's too integral to this show, and Frog Lady's too, <laughs> right. too superfluous. So he needs right. to be someone more important. I'm bald, so I'm gonna go ahead and call Bill Burr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Perfect. keep it going. This is good. Awesome. We have back with us from last week. We have Aaron. Aaron, how you doing? I'm great. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm. More excited than last week to talk about this episode. So, yeah. Okay, well, that's good, dude. That's good. Glad you're excited <laughs> about something, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> back with us from the very first episode, where, when we first recorded, uh, we did not have uh, our own baby Yoda, but now we do. Nicole, how are you? I'm doing well. I definitely uh, resonate with Mando this week. Just the way he looked at uh, Grogu, I feel like before having a baby, I felt like this emotionless like didn't really care about babies and now I'm just like <laughs> look at our daughter the same way that he looked at Grogu so I just felt so emotional in that moment and I think I've only ever cried once while watching television and that was during Downton Abbey so there you go. <laughs> but you also cried I believe when Frog Lady and Frog Man reunited as well. Oh yeah that was so good too. <laughs> All right and, uh, and joining it, us it works it works too if Nicole is the Mandalorian because uh I, I she doesn't have her camera so I can't see her face. <laughs> yeah perfect. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Um, and then back with us, he was supposed to be, or with us with the, for the first time, he was supposed to be, but we had a little bit of a mix-up. It's all good now. He's back with us here for the first time. Dale, Dale, how are you? Good. Yeah, I'm super excited to join you guys. I Yeah, my whole family got COVID, so that was fun. Yeah. Um, and I had like terrible symptoms, and so I wasn't able to make it to the uh, to the show, and I feel bad, so I, I reached out to Jordan, and uh, I wanted to, to join you guys, because I haven't talked about Star Wars in like two years, and I'm chomping at the bit. All right. And everyone's doing okay in the family? Uh, yeah, everyone was good. Like every, everyone was totally fine except for me. I had every symptom uh, other than being like I could still breathe. Um, but uh, I had a lot of uh, body aches and like dripping with sweat and then shivering. And it, it, was, it was pretty rough. It was a, a rough uh, eight days. All right. Well, it's glad that you're feeling better and that you're here with us for the finale. And man, we had so much to talk about. But let's just dig into the top story here. We got to do it. And... We have that character return. Can you guys believe it? Bib Fortuna. No. Um, can you believe it? Uh, Rachel, Luke Skywalker was back on ice screen. What, what was your reaction? My drama king. Okay. He, I, get, I don't care how, much, how many people hate me for this. He's a drama queen. But this was the most drama queen thing I think he's ever done. Because Ahsoka told them, like, hey, 
maybe don't train him. He has too many connections. Like, if a Jedi wants to try and train him, he can, but, like, I wouldn't. Of course, in comes Luke Skywalker, and he's like, I will train the child that no one else wants to train. And I'm like, <laughs> he swoops in, he killed a bunch of people, and then was like, or I guess they're not people, they're robots. Right, they have, they but, have feelings, though. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do those droids have feelings? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, he swoops in, kills all of them, and then's like, uh, your child needs to give, uh, he wants your permission that I can just take him <laughs> and leaves. And I loved it. It was great. Jordan, at the start of the season, we kind of did a podcast and we were discussing who do we think could show up in this season. And would you believe that if I said told you Luke Skywalker would show up? No, I mean, we talked about this two weeks ago when we first saw Grogu reaching out with the Force. We're like, honestly, Luke Skywalker does make a lot of sense based on the timeline and the storyline. But we said that, no, Luke might be like a little bit too big for the Mandalorian. He's not too big for the Mandalorian. Nothing is too big for the Mandalorian. Mace Windu is going to show up in episode one next season. The Emperor is coming back. Han Solo, Chewbacca, they're all going to be there in season three. Nothing is too big for the Mandalorian now. I was so shocked and so pumped to see Luke Skywalker tonight. Right, and that was the conversation that I think me, you, and Alex were having of what Jedi is going to show up. And Alex, uh, we thought, you know, it could be Ezra, it could be Cal, but no, it's Luke. Can you believe it's Luke? I can. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I think it's cool. I think in the back of my head, I always thought there's this possibility, right? You know, they do the Carrie Fisher approach, like in the movies. I mean, we've seen, they have this technology. Uh, I know people, the, the, some of the fans, there'd been some fan rallying about how uh, Sebastian Stan looks so much like young Mark Hamill that he could have uh, filled in there. And I, I thought the support for that was growing. I'm kind of down with that too, but I mean, I think uh, I looked up the guy they used and uh, Max something, I forget, I yeah. forget exactly his name, but like he's, um, He's from, I had seen him in something else before, but he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. I'm like, this kid's about to have a Wikipedia page because he's now like, the, he's the stand-in body doing the action for Luke and they just like plastering Mark Hamill's CGI face over him, which is a cool like new, new age like acting thing where they like fusing a guy with Mark Hamill, right? But um, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's cool to see Luke back. Um, Obviously, we'll talk about it, but there's some implications there that made me nervous. Uh, I think that has uh, some glass half full, glass half empty implications, which is uh, interesting. Yeah, and we can get into it now. I mean, okay. <laughs> the, the thought is, okay, so, and maybe Dale, I'll get your thoughts on this here. Okay, so if, is Grogu, if Grogu's going with Luke to start to be a part of his new training, and we know that what happened to his training is that a young Ben Solo uh you know through a fit and he well he murdered a bunch of people as from what i remember and he wiped out the jedi order is that is that grogu's fate here dale uh, no grogu will be gone before that moment this um grogu's gonna be the th thing that teaches luke um you know grogu's been he's 50 years old he's been taught by many jedi masters before luke uh, but Luke is the only Jedi who could teach him how to be a powerful Jedi with connections because Luke is the only one who can get his power from connections. So he's the perfect, uh, the perfect master for him at this stage for, uh, for Luke. He does come in kind of like, so most like uh, everyone kind of gets a, redem a redemption lightsaber battle. And I love that Luke got his opportunity. He got his rogue one moment mm -hmm. to like come in and just, take everybody out and show how strong he actually is used a little gray Jedi stuff. And, um, you know, especially at the end crushing the, the death trooper. That was really, that was, that was uh, dark side stuff. So it was just an awesome, I was popping like stone cold in the rock. We're at WrestleMania. It was like, <laughs> I was all over the place. I was like, Oh my God. Um, but, and so, and it was a perfect fit. It, uh, it, it was one of those things where, yeah, you're like, who like Ezra Bridger is going to come. Like, it's just too, that's too small ball. And uh, to have him come and just be like, yeah, I'm going to train him up. I think, I, I don't know, are they going to, is that going to be the Aqualite? Or like, are we going to, is, are we going to get any story of uh, Grogu and, and Luke? Because, um, you know, like now we want it. Now we like, we're, we've got to check in on Grogu. Like, uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. Perfect, perfect match. Yeah. I, I don't know. Do we see Luke and Grogu again other than maybe when luke gives back grogu to the mando at some point joe ash let's hear your thoughts well i think acolyte's going to be high republic anyways so it's not going to be 
um, following Luke, but I think we need to follow Grogu and Luke. And I have no idea what that relationship's going to be like because I like the Great Jedi stuff for Luke. I, so I never really liked Luke Skywalker. This is like my wow. take. I, he's just too like vanilla, you know, for me. And he wants to kiss his sister and like has a lot of weird <laughs> thoughts. I don't know. I, I've just never been like a big Luke Skywalker guy. And you can hold that against me. I mean, I don't care. But like the Grey Jedi stuff to me is the interesting part where he does tap into some darker energy and he's like, He's figuring out, you know, even if you look into dark side stuff, like they just believe in emotions and I, you know, Jedi are like emotionless people. Maybe that's why I don't like Luke. He's just a really, I don't know. I, I don't want to say anything mean about Luke on this podcast and get, you know, a bunch of hate mail thrown my way. Please but, do. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, he's an emotional <laughs> Jedi. Like that's, it's all, yeah, like that's his thing, right? Yeah. He's an emotional Jedi and it's just different. Mm-hmm. And it's also because he got trained like later on in life too. Maybe he, it's just part of being this pubescent boy and then learning you have these powers and then trying to harness that while you're going through puberty um but yeah i'm not sure yeah i mean you're allowed to have your opinion in that way but there was something interesting and we talked about this is that uh or dale brought it up the sort of comparison between the luke uh tearing up the dark troopers and darth vader uh running show in rogue one uh aaron Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, did you have a comparison between those two things there? Do you have one that, what's more epic that was of those two scenes? I had that exact same note written down on my notes as well, the comparison between the two. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if we're just comparing, I, I like the Rogue One one more just because it was a little bit more dark and you're actually seeing them, you know, tear people apart, which I thought was a little bit more like scary and badass, but it was so, at the same time, it was really great to see Luke in his prime. Um, like in episode six, he's still, getting trained a little bit by Yoda um, and then he's kind of all washed out by we get by the time we get to episode eight um, so it was really nice to see him kind of like really harness all like the powers and like we were saying with the um, like kind of taking a little bit of the dark side as well um, which is really really great to see him in his prime so I was I was really hyped when I when I watched it all right, all right. Yeah, that's fair. All right, I think we touched on everybody a little bit. Nicole's a little busy right now, so we can't get to her. But uh, I want to dig in, Alex, a little bit with you here a bit. Um, when we talk about – I'm just curious what what's next here as far as Mandalorian, Grogu, and Luke. I mean, as far as what we see on our TV screen. What, do you have a sense of what is happening? Are we just going to get – Mando on his own, you know, I don't want to get into, I have the thought of Book of, Book of Boba Fett as well, but we can get into that next. Um, but are we going to see Luke again, or is that is just a, sort of a one-time thing? Or what, what oh, do you well, think? Well, they're, they're saving it for the Grogu, Grogu D2 spinoff series that's coming next year. Right? <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, best friends. <laughs> that's the buddy comedy I need. That's, that's what I was really enjoying. It's not the Luke-Grogu relationship. It was the R2-D2 Grogu relationship. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, I'm just, I'm really interested to see, you know, because like, well, you know, I talked about it, it's kind of like a glass half full, glass half empty thing thinking about it, but like, you know, maybe it is just the inherent pessimist in me, but like, it's like, we know how this ends, and it's horrible, and we don't know where Grogu is when things go down that like drives Luke into his lifelong depression and ruins everything, like, but like, like you guys just touched on, I mean, we see him at the end of the middle trilogy, and it's like all this hope and promise and potential, and the next time we see it, see him, he's broken. And it's just like, man, Grogu, he's somewhere in that mix now. We now have to insert him in that t- timeline of events. And that, that makes me nervous because we know how this book ends. So, like, you know, it's almost like, uh, to me, it's like, I'm hoping he'll be all right. But it's, it's a little bit like knowing Anakin's going to become Darth Vader and, being, and watching the original prequels and being like, oh, I hope this turns out okay. You know what I mean? It's like, we know this won't turn out okay. I'm a little worried for Grogu right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Right, and, and that's to me, like, people wonder, okay, how is Luke, so, uh, how the way he is in The Last Jedi, and could watching Kylo Ren viciously murder Baby Yoda be the thing that puts you over the edge? And it would do it to me, depression? dude. I'm gonna tell, I would tell you right now, drive me to an island uh, drinking blue milk for the rest of my life. That would be, be a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, who knows, who knows? Uh, Rachel... You 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 do an article every week, uh, Baby Yoda Watch, and uh, you do the the cute photos that that he's in there. So, do we see Grogu again? We must, right? I think so, and I think like in the way that this series hits on the timeline, 
Um, like Gail said, I don't. I think Baby Yoda is going to be fine. I think he's going to be gone by the time that Kylo Ren rolls into Luke's little Jedi school. Is what I keep calling it. Like I know it's the Jedi Temple, but I'm calling it Jedi School. And so, like, I think we're going to see him again, and we're going to it, it, the the little ball that got saved from the explosion of the Razor Crest did not come into play. And I'm like, that ball has to come back at some point because they made such a big deal. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this Jedi wants to take you. Okay, bye. And like the ball didn't get brought back. He like saw his dad's face for a hot second and then was like, okay, cool. If I saw Pedro Pascal's face, I'd be like, right, um, nope, I've changed my mind. I don't need Jedi school anymore. <laughs> but like, I don't think... It doesn't make sense that they would set up that whole relationship for two seasons and then be like, and now he's gone forever. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I think too, right, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, look, they know, the, the, the people who are creating this, John Favreau, his whole crew, they know that like the worst thing for us to be thinking right now, and they know that it, it pains all of us thinking of Kylo Ren killing Grogu, there's no way that's going to happen. He's survived Order 66. He survived way worse the least satisfying way to lose Grogu would be to be killed in this story we don't even see by Kylo Ren. So I guarantee that Grogu is coming back to Mando and it's going to be one of the great reunited storylines. And I think this is actually really well done what they're doing. They're going to remove him. They're going to kind of make us forget about him, which we probably never will. And then like we've seen, like we've seen in so many shows, we've seen like Jon Snow and Sansa reunited. You know, we've seen like, I don't know, Eleven and Michael in Stranger Things. We're going to see Grogu show up, season finale, season three, reunited with the Mando. They're going to be back together, and that's going to be the most emotional thing we're going to see all year in 2021. I guarantee they're going to be back together again. I've long stood on the Mandalorian doesn't exist without Baby Yoda and Mando by his side. They're, they're meant to be together, and they will be together again. I'm glad you brought up Game of Thrones because, yeah, I think the Red Wedding has messed me up. You know what I mean? It's like I'm now framed in that kind of a way where I'm just like, oh, no. Like, I, see, I see the potential here and it's not good. Yeah. 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 And when, when Gogu returns, does he come back with a lightsaber? That's what, I'm, that's what I like to see. So who I hope he comes back with a teenage attitude like Groot. <laughs> like a mohawk? Yeah, and not, like, not my real dad you are. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. the, I think the uh, adolescent Grogu is a, a probably a probable angle just because of Baby Groot, and I think that's a you know the the story of Mandalorian is based off of Lone Wolf and Cub, and um, and Star Wars draws hev- heavily from Japanese storytelling, and something that Japanese storytelling is famous for is time jumps, and so there's no reason why we don't get uh, a couple year time jump. Um, I think that with um, the the Yoda species that they're kind of like, you get like a a moment of rapid aging kind of, you know, where they flip a switch, you know? Um, And so I think you're going to get that kind of fast forwarding and then his return and the conflict that him and his dad will essentially have now that he's a a grown adolescent boy. Mm -hmm. Um, Rowan in quotes. Also rapid aging like that lends itself Uh, to working with puppets. Like, it's pretty hard to, yeah. like, gradually age a puppet. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a great And so is he going to be speaking then? Like, what is – and what is his voice going to sound like? I have so many questions about the <laughs> – like, the, the evolution of this yeah. uh, creature. <laughs> whatever well, species I want him to be, like, are. a valley girl. Like, he's just like, yeah, Dad, like, I went hey, Mando. there. And, like, it's fine. Yeah. Hey, Mando, you got that ball for me? How about some macaroons? <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yeah, um, I think a time jump. I think a time jump makes a lot of sense. I have one more thing for, thought for you. If if there's a time jump, you could do a spinoff series, and it's called uh, Baby Yoda and Baby Ben. How about that one? Ooh, I can no, see that. That's no Ben like the, Solo. Yeah. No Muppet Babies. They could they could be like knitting sweaters together. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm sure there's lots we could talk about, Luke, but we'll just kind of keep it moving a bit here. And the other big sort of thing that we had was this, uh, this post credit scene here where we go back to Jabba's palace. We see Bib Fortuna that he's kind of taken the place of Jabba the, Jabba the Hutt. And he's also like, I guess he's been eating the diet of Jabba the Hutt as well, it looked like. He's doing his best impersonation. <laughs> he is pretty thick these days. <laughs> Great. And uh, Boba, he clears it out. He clears it out, and he sits on the throne. It's going to be Boba's palace, and we get two big reveals. Okay, we get one, the Book of Boba Fett, 
That's a thing that's coming. But it's also coming in December 2021. And now, okay, first of all, Joash, Joash, you're excited for this? this? How do you think about this? Is that exciting? Oh, absolutely. I thought Boba Fett was like such a impactful addition to the Mandalorian story. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the fact that they jumped into the whole clone aspect of everything and touching on who he is and like his identity. And I'm sure they're going to explore that more in the book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. But damn, he's like... You know, it, it is 60s probably pushing that and he's still kicking ass and, and doing like a fantastic job. So now that he's, what, a crime lord? Is that what he's end up being? Is he going to be like a warlord or crime lord of some sort? Just like kingpin style, uh, run show. I don't know. I'm excited. Like this guy is ne- obviously ageless. Um, even like the, the, the scene in space and the intro and I love that they just jumped into that. There's no like lead up to, hey, here's our plan. This is kind of what we're going to do. It's just like straight into it. Um, that ship looks as good as ever. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked. Boba's a great character. Yeah. And I mean, how could you not be excited for a Boba Fett show? Now, the thing, Rachel, I, I, I want to ask you about this because, okay, I, I saw that people were worried that, okay, is Pedro Pascal not returning? Okay. I think he's definitely returning. Me. Right? I was very worried okay. for like, the majority but, of this day. Is the Book of Boba Fett 100% its own separate show, or is the chapter 16 of The Mandalorian, is that chapter closed, Din Djarin's chapter, his, his story is cl- closed, and now season three Mandalorian still has Mando, still has Bo-Katan, but it's chapter one, the Book of Boba Fett. Is it, is it, is it season three of The Mandalorian, or is it a separate show? So I've heard that it is a separate thing and there's like a, a like a it's a smaller episode thing and it's its own little spin-off and I've been hearing that but like I went to Variety and De- like I went to every single website I was like no you have like I want Disney and Star Wars to tell me this is a separate show because that was my thought like I mm-hmm. just assumed the first two chapters were Dindajaran and Grogu the second two are going to be about Boba Fett and then the third is going to be about Mandalore but it doesn't make sense that they would introduce Bo-Katan and all of these Mandalorian characters to just focus solely on mm-hmm. Boba Fett. It also so feels like that they're doing them two two seasons at a time. Yeah, and so that's why I was like, I think that it's maybe going to be like, you know, in the old Star Wars books where there'd be the book about the movie and then a shorter book about some side character. I think that's the theor- like theoretically what they're doing is like, the big books are the overall stories that you're watching on the show. And then there's these little side books, which are Boba Fett and like these little side journeys that those characters are going to take on. And so it will be titled The Mandalorian though? No, I, from what I saw, okay. it is titled The Book of Boba Fett. It's because and... that, that, that December 2021 release date threw me off because that's, isn't that the release date for season three of Mandalorian? Yes, but I think Disney maybe. And I don't know for sure, but I think Disney yeah. maybe realized their mistake on having one show air at a time, that everyone is mm. on their platform on Fridays and then no one cares after that. Mm. So I think maybe part of their strategy is now like, huh, we should have two shows on a week at least. So it that feels, imagine that. But it feels <laughs> weird that they touch on the fact that he's not a Mandalorian in mm. the episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, yes. Well, that's someone I saw someone goes, what are you pan you're being pandantic or whatever and i was like no the person who replied to you is right he's not a mandalorian and he even says he's not a mandalorian in the show he's like no i know i'm not i just this was my dad's and like i, I love the recognition of the his voice that was huge yeah. that was a huge star wars moment where they're like we've heard your Bo-Katan. voice a thousand times like yeah. oh that was pure gold yeah, that was great. That was so good. And it humanizes um, him, you know? Like, here's mm-hmm. this guy who grew up with a sense of individuality, unlike the other clones, you know what I mean? We know enough about Boba's upbringing to know he was not modified the same way. He was raised to be an individual. So the fact that he's lived in this galaxy surrounded by the remnants of shells of him, like, how crazy? Like, how must that impact you? Like, you know what I mean? It's it's wild. And I think they did a good job just kind of, like, starting to fill in those... Uh, details yeah and i think boba fett has been has been a huge highlight of the season and i'm happy to see more jordan but if 
Uh, and I still, because we don't, because we don't know for sure. But if this, the book of, I was gonna say the book of Mormon, that's not it. Uh, the book of Boba Fett is Mandalorian season three. I, I hate that. I hate yeah. that if that's the, the case. Yeah, I'm going to be very disappointed with that, especially with, with how, there, there's a, I think there's a, the third biggest storyline is what's going on with the Darksaber, yes. right? And for that storyline to just kind of be tossed underneath the rug and go to Boba Fett as like the drug lord kingpin would be a huge miscue by Disney. You know? So we got to, there's got to be something else for Mandalorian. I'm going to go under the assumption that it's something totally different until I hear otherwise, mainly because I want that to be a thing because there's so much there with Bo-Katan versus Mando and what's going to happen there, which I, and we can talk about that later too, like in how things worked out in Rebels with the Darksaber versus the rules of the Darksaber here on the Mandalorian are a little bit different, but I just can't imagine that they would get away from the Mandalorian main, as the main storyline in its own show. There's just too much there. I got mad Chronicles of Riddick vibes from that scene where he's trying to hand over the dark saber to Bo-Katan and she's just like, no, it's like, you got to beat me for it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They can't just let that story drop. There's too much lore, too much history yeah. being, you know, it just being introduced that you say, hey, no, we're going to focus on Boba Fett now and this random cut scene out of nowhere, right? Like, I think, I think we have a Mandalorian. He's the Mandalorian. They're not calling it Mandalorians or Mandalore. They called it the Mandalorian. So I think like it's going to focus on Pedro Pascal's character. And we're going to see an introduction of more lore, what happens with Bo-Katan, the Darksaber, ultimately. And I'm hoping the history of like the Mandalorian Civil War, which would be, you know, I'd love to learn more about that as well. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I think you're not going to get uh, Bo-Katan trying to defeat him she's going to take the approach of like, well, if I control the Mandalorian, I control the dark saber. Mm. So then I still have like claim to the throne. Right. Cause he's, he's just my, right. He's my Darth Vader essentially. And um, I think, so I think that'll give us an opportunity for him to bring his religion um, to Mandalore and have that be play a bigger role in the conflict between him and Bo-Katan. Um, because now, yeah, it still has to be a story about two people, and it won't be about him and Grogu for a while. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it, it now it's this lone wolf who's going to be in charge of essentially every Mandalorian. And, yeah. uh, and, and like, the politics behind that, because at the end of the day, Star Wars is always about politics. <laughs> right. <laughs> really, really. For... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'll just say that's my favorite, like, one of my favorite moments in this whole episode, and I keep thinking about it, where he, like, has the dark saber they're telling him that like he's now in charge and he's just like i yield here <laughs> just like tries to give it back to but john Stone. Like, i don't want no. it yeah. Yeah, he's like <laughs> my friend called him uh the perfect himbo and i was like yeah he is he's like well, i don't want the thing here take it and they're like it's no also, that's not how it works it's so touching though like you know his only priority is grogu and his yeah. like sole purpose in this setting is to protect the child and he doesn't care about any of the other crap. He even says it like the child is my priority. Right. Um, it just like amplified his whole reason for being there. One thing I think the show's done such a good job of, right. is taking something that originally when it was presented in the seventies felt so binary in terms of like good guys versus bad guys. And like, you look at that last episode where, you know, Mayfeld is explaining like empire Republic, all this, uh, all the same to these people. You know what I mean? And the show has really done a good job of fleshing out this, world and making you understand how you know for some people in the gallery in the neglected parts of the galaxy it's all the same thing and stuff like that and i think well, one of the I, coolest things about this episode was just like it is bo katan who teaches the mandalorian that he doesn't need to adhere to these old customs she's the one that teaches him that yeah. and now here's this old custom that is like in her face but like this sword has no power without the old ways you know what i mean so it's like you're stuck between these worlds of like well the old customs don't have to dictate our lives but also without our history what do we have who are we so it's this great like moment where it's just like trying to figure out who are the mandalorians with in the absence of mandalore you know what i mean like it's right. they're still figuring that out and it's really cool to see that like manifest in the sense of like Th those stakes with those like implications is super cool yeah and i think the dark saber is this the way the story is going to go and that idea of retaking mandalore they brought it up enough times but first someone remind me alex you, you've watched rebels right did did didn't sabine wren just just give the dark saber to bo-katan and she took it 
I think that sounds right. Yeah. She yeah, said no yeah. at first, and then she took it, right? When I, yeah, thought, she took I it, felt like the she took it with the, yeah, ahead, I felt like that explanation would have worked. Like, I, I yeah. won this in, like on your behalf. You know what I mean? Like that. Mm-hmm. If you could take off your helmet, surely you can bend that a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, so kind of what, what happened in Rebels, and I could see something similar to this happening here, is when Sabine Wren offers it to Bo-Katan, she accepts it basically while, while getting support from her whole clan. And so I could see a similar thing here where maybe Mando and joins Bo-Katan and Casca and all of them to go take back Mandalore. And when, when Bo-Katan is really the true leader of that mission, of that siege of taking back Mandalore, uh, the clan just thinks like, oh yeah, she's totally worthy of it. You don't have to battle the Mandalore you can just have it back. So I could see a similar way from Rebels and her getting that, that Dark Saber back. But yeah, they got to explore this. There's so much here. Right. Now is... Bo-Katan, uh, let's ask Aaron here, you haven't talked in a while, is Bo-Katan the best leader for the Mandalorians, or is is Mando, uh, I know it's not Neonic to call Mando, is Mando actually going to learn that he's the best leader for Mandalore, he should be the one leading the charge to take back Mandalore and sit on the throne? I'm going to say, well, I guess you asked either or, but I'm going to say neither. Um, right off of the, I think it was the third episode of season two, I was getting bad vibes from uh, Bo-Katan. She just seemed very, um, very self-interested. Like she, <laughs> she, yeah, as soon as she said like, where's the dark saber? It didn't sound like she wanted it to take back her planet. She sounded like she just wanted it to have the power. Um, so I've kind of always thought that she would turn. On, I, I didn't mention this last week, but I was like, oh, she's definitely, there's going to be something between her and Mando. Um, so I don't, I, I don't, yeah, I'm pretty sus about her leading and, and taking the throne um, of the whole planet. Um, that being said, I also don't think Mando is very well suited to take the throne. He was like ready to let Moff Gideon just keep it as long as he yeah. <laughs> uh, was able to keep uh, or as long as he was able to rescue Grogu. So at the same time, um, as someone who very clearly doesn't know that much about Mandalore or his own religion or even why he follows a lot of the things that he follows, I don't think that he would be uh, a very, very good leader either. But I guess that doesn't really leave us with much. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think uh, either would be super great, but I, I'm Here's excited to see who uh, fights. It what up. if Boba Fett goes after the throne of Mando? Ooh. Is him sitting on the throne at Jabba's, like <laughs> some sort of analogy or, I guess, foreshadowing of what could come? I doubt it. But I, I think the Mandalorian <laughs> just straight your whole argument. The, the, the Mando is like too self-interested. Like he he's a nomad and he's like yeah. you know he, he's doing his own thing. It's it's equivalent to Aragorn in Game of Thrones, right? Like he is the king. He's the he, Aragorn the is, is his, but he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, like he doesn't want it, or he hasn't realized he wanted it. Up and you know, maybe yeah. he realizes he wants it, but at this point, I think John Snow's so a cop. Yeah, yeah, or, or maybe John Snow, but like his sole pri- priority was Grogu. And so yeah. you don't want somebody who's not invested in the growth of, you know, these people that are pretty much extinct and yeah. <laughs> like, he's not the guy. So that's just my take on it. Yeah. And I guess the next thing is, is the question of will Bo-Katan and, and Mando or Din be actually go head to head at some point for the dark saber? Like, will she be like, no, we have to, we have to duel it out uh, in, in order for me to take what's rightfully mine and, and, that would be quite something. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the result with that would be. But let's let's sort of move on a little bit. Let's keep going through here this episode here. And uh, Nicole, you get you get to share here quickly. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts, Nicole. Moff Gideon. What what were your thoughts on uh, Moff Gideon in this season in general or in this episode? Um, well, I kind of agree with what Jordan has been saying this whole Thank you. season. Yeah, no problem. Um, how he seemed he seemed pretty pretty badass on each scene with him. I mean, we didn't get to see a lot of him, um, but in this in this episode, I they all kind of died for me. Like the fact that he kind of gave in so easily, um, the fact he was defeated so easily. I don't know. He just it the effect kind of wore off for, for me. And and then from now, I don't know what, what's going to happen to him. Like he just resorted to like su- suicide. Like I don't know. <laughs> That's it's true. Just, I mean, he, he looked- kind of weak to me. Weak character in this episode. Yeah, he looked pretty awesome at first when he was when he was using the dark saber. He was coming at Mando. It was pretty great. But you're right. In the end, he does get defeated. He's now over two against Mandalorian, and he's going to be captured. Uh, Dale, what do you think's next for for Moff Gideon? Yeah, well, 
you know, he's involved with uh, the recreation of Snoke. So that's a big storyline for him. Is that confirmed? It's Snoke? The so the tubes like definitely had one of the Snoke clones from Rise like of Skywalker, right? yeah. and the music was the same. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm actually one of the first people on the internet to c- connect uh, Ray and Palpatine together. There was like a big argument about it like years ago during the Force Awakens, and uh, uh, so I'm all for kind of this ongoing like this old white man still just in control of everything. Uh, I think that's like a funny parable. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, so one thing I wanted to say about the Moff Gideon was, um, I found that the fight between him and Mando was more of a, like, we got like the Rogue One Luke Skywalker, but we also got the Obi-Wan Kenobi Darth Vader, a new hope fight. Like it was much like harder and slower and there was some cool kicks and stuff, but you, you could, you could almost feel like Moff Gideon was, it was like heavy to him. It wasn't like this like fun wheeling lightsaber like the the power was a lot for him to handle i think he's kind of punching above his grade the video actually kind of reminded me of this french video that jordan and i made in like grade 10 uh where we had a lightsaber battle on the on the playground in your backyard and uh and and, and that's what that fight kind of in fact it seemed like a fan fight it was uh not quite a jedi fight so it was uh it was a lot of fun so i think again i think we're going to continue to follow um that that snoke storyline with moff gideon right wow that bringing it all the way back to this the the original classics uh yeah. those those movies there um i want to talk about so aaron brought it up there was this idea that when moff gideon and mando they first face off and mando's like i don't care about the dark saber or anything i just want i just want the kid i'm gonna take him and go and moff gideon was gonna let him and rachel if if Moff Gideon had it turned on him, do you think Mando would have just been like, okay, I got my kid, I'm, I'm going home? Yeah, he would have hands down been out. Like, that whole thing I think is funny because they did this whole adventure, they fought all these people, They everyone was like, oh no, we're trapped. And then like, no matter what happened in this episode with Mando and his whole uh, lady gang, like, Luke Skywalker was already on his way there to get Grogu. So it's like everything that happened was just like, oh, we just happened to be here the night that Luke Skywalker rolled up. So like, I think if Moff Gideon hadn't done that, Mando might have been like, okay, let's roll out and then missed Luke. But like, other than that, I think the storyline wouldn't have been that different. I think they would have just met Luke two minutes later and been like, oh shit, well, here's my, here's my child. Bye. But, uh, I think like it does the reason that fight happened was so then they could set up uh, the Bogotan and him right. having beef mm-hmm. in the future. You know what I was just thinking about is, uh, you know, obviously the new Republic uh, didn't agree with his methods, but uh, you know, Saw Guerrero, man, that's the guy you need to take this get this guy to because that bored gullet will get all the information out of his head. That's what you need right now. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Good. Like maybe a little barbaric, but uh, you need to know what this guy knows, man. Yeah. You need it. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, where do I get one of those lady gangs from? Um, secondly, I, I don't know how the Mando even believes that he's just going to let him take the child and walk out of there. Like, come on, he, he's got to be smarter than that. He can't just believe he's going to. Oh yeah, take the child, walk out of there. You've gone through all this effort. I've, I've tor- terrorized you. I've tried to kill you. Just have him and walk out of there. Mandel's got to be smarter than that. He, he really misfired on that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jordan, uh, speaking of, of Moff Gideon here, he does say that one thing. He, is, he's, he says, when he gets captured, he says, it's okay because I've got what I needed, uh, the, the blood, presumably. And then, yeah, is it, to make, uh, is it to make Snoke? Is there other Force creatures that are being made? Is there something going on? Will we see some sort of uh, evil Force being next season? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he went on to say um, the child has been blessed, I wrote it down, blessed with properties that have the potential to bring order back to the galaxy. So back-to-back weeks, we heard uh, some officers talk about order to the galaxy. So whether that means Snoke or some other force creature. Um, will we see clones. that? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. I mean, it, it seems like the main conflict for the Mandalorian right now is going to involve this Darksaber and Bo-Katan. But maybe while they're kind of uh, civil warring it, there could be this other dark thing being made in the background that will come over and then maybe unite them later. So I, I mean, they got the blood. 
something's happening with it. So I'd definitely be on the lookout for something bad coming. Yeah, personally, I feel like. Well, I was just gonna say personally, I feel like they need they need to stay away from the Jedi and Sith thing for now, and just focus on the Mandalorian lore and like the Bo-Katan sort of, because they've never really focused on the rule of two with the Sith and like how that's actually transpired with who's actually pulling the strings and and why that's been in play. I've just read the the Bane series, the Darth Bane series, and it's like it, it goes into why that concept exists. So to always have like this. You know, I, I just feel like they have to do it properly if they were ever to look into why Moff Gideon is, is talking about order and who's really pulling the strings, why they need the blood in a separate series altogether, um, if that's the best way to do it. But yeah, it, it, there's too much to unpack there. Like, I, I think I had, I, I had one of the, one of my theories was Moff Gideon's a, a force wielder kind of kiboshed, obviously, in this episode. Um, he, his, he doesn't, he hasn't trained as a lightsaber duelist. You know, like to Aaron's point, like that's not what he does. It's just more bashing, and he, he's an ex-ISB officer, so he's more of like a CIA type of individual, not really a soldier, right? I think that's what I want to explore. Like, what does Moff Gideon know? What what is the Republic going to get from him? Uh, what type of information? Um, but that's not necessarily something I'd want to dive in into, like a Mandalorian episode. Like, I feel like there's too much there to unpack with all of this extra lore stuff we're trying to unpack as well almost feels like a more natural fit for the Ahsoka series, right? Because not only is that already Jedi-focused, but, like, they're literally looking... They're going to be, like, exploring unknown space for Ezra. Like, the show is going to be... We've already brought Thrawn into the mix. Hunting the unknown and finding new mysteries. I mean, that seems like the perfect place to put all that. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And that would be why they had went with the Thrawn angle, right? Because he's the only one who's trying to prepare for the the aliens outside of the known galaxy that are going to have, like, a Mass Effect type of uh, event which Star Wars has never had to deal with. So, Yeah, I think it brings up a good point, too, that, that I worry a little bit, Jordan, about the Mandalorian here. Are we getting, when we bring in Luke Skywalker, we bring in Ahsoka, when we bring in everything, is it getting, like, too big? I mean, I feel like the story was a simple, a simple man with his baby, and they were just journeying through the galaxy together. And now it's just, like, the entire thing's brought in. Like, um, have we gotten too large for, for ourselves? Oh, you're muted. <laughs> I think if we're talking about the Mandalorian series, then absolutely yes. And if this Disney Investor Day didn't just happen a few weeks ago, then absolutely yes. But I think the Mandalorian is using their platform, using the millions of viewers that they have right now to introduce all these characters so they can head off into whatever direction that they go. Uh, everyone has seen the success of the MCU over the last 20 years, and they're trying to build something similar. Like it's it's no secret. They're trying to build something similar, trying to create all these stories that blend together. And so is it too much? If it's just for the Mandalorian, absolutely. But uh, I don't think we're going to see all these characters in every episode, in every series. Okay. It'll be a little bit. I think we'll get back to basics. I do think Grogu and Mando will be back. They'll be going on their adventures again before you know it. All right. And I... Yeah, I think I think that's the way to go, and I think you're right. I think they can leave the Jedi and Sith stuff to the Ahsoka series. Um, we can look at the the you know X wings and things like that in the the High Republic or the New Republic or whatever it is, the New Republic, um, and then we can focus on Battle for Mandalore, hopefully in here, and then hopefully the Book of Boba, Boba Fett is a separate show, but. I'm still nervous about that one. I want to talk about something uh, to Rachel and Nicole here, as, as we brought it up here before you mentioned it. The, what I call the four horsewomen here of uh, Bo-Katan, Fennec, and Cara Dune. Where you have, uh, the first thing I was wondering is, how can, where's, the other, where's the other Mandalorian for Bo-Katan, with Bo-Katan, the, the Axe Woes? But I guess it was literally just, just set aside so we could have a nice you know, little woman, woman uh, going at it, right? Lady gang. Oh. What did you think, Rachel? Were you happy to see I that? Lo- I love the lady gang. I think they're fun. They rolled up and they were like, we have this formation down. You guys go in. You shoot a bunch of stormtroopers. We'll watch your tail. They were like, we don't need... That's like when we were talking about Mando earlier and doing the dumb stuff he does. I'm like, he's a himbo. Like, he does dumb things all the time. And then all of the women on this show are like, no, you just just take your mask off. Like, I don't understand why. why like, that's not part of this. And like... I love the show that or how the show does uh, its female characters because I know a big complaint in season one where a lot of fans were like, oh, you brought in Fennec and then you killed her and then Cardoon had an episode and then that nice lady who he was falling in love with on the swamp planet. And it's like, yeah, but then 
it built into this where it's like all of the women are smarter than the men on this show and they're like like even uh oh my god her last name is Pele and I can't think of her first name but it's Amy Sedaris on Tatooine just like also doesn't let him get away with things and like they're all like I'm not gonna let you get away with it I know more than you I'm gonna do the thing that I think we should be doing you go get your son and then come join us when you're done and it was really cool to see especially in this episode because they were like here's what we're doing you just hide in the shadows and then he was in like all of the lighted hallways which was also one of my favorite parts of this episode like he didn't hide in a single shadow but uh like they were like we'll take care of everything and it was really cool i mean for me i also really enjoyed it i feel like it made me think of uh, avengers infinity war and endgame where they it's so di- it's so direct oh baby's crying um, it's so direct how they just have an all-female scene Oh, she loves it too. Someone get the kid a frog egg. <laughs> yeah. So distracting. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's in our cultural climate. I feel like it's so obvious when you don't show that. And so I don't know if they're doing it to check off a quota. Um, maybe they could just have more female characters and one male character like they they had. But it does it is it does seem obvious to me when they're trying to do that. But doesn't mean I don't like it. It just seems like they're they're trying to appease the fans. Sorry, yeah. she's still upset here. Oh, good. Yeah, Thanks, it's Nicole. like a little on the nose, but still, it's like, you know, points for effort where no effort has been made in the history of entertainment, right? <laughs> yeah. right. It, find it, to me, things. it wasn't as on the nose as, like, Avengers Endgame. Like, I was like, none of you have ever met before. This doesn't make any sense. And then, like, Infinity War, it made more sense. And it, I, like, I was like, if you want to do a female empowerment team, if I do it. And this one, I felt was more in line with that, where it was like, I see what you're doing. There's a lady gang. But I'm not mad about it. Like, totally. it's, it's fun. I mean, <laughs> like, the badass women have had enough screen time where they've, like, yeah. earned this, like, really dope, like, let's go through this and annihilate all these stormtroopers type scenes. So yeah. I, I, I didn't feel like it was too forced. They had set them up pretty, pretty well. And honestly, those women are so badass. Like, I'd love to see more and more of that explored Whoa, in, that, yeah. in the future episode. Yeah. The other gang we get to see is that Dark Trooper gang. Aaron, yay or nay on the Dark, dark Troopers? I'm a yay. Um, I loved w- all the scenes where they're just like getting powered up. Um, I thought the soundtrack where it had like little like dubstepy oh. soundtracks. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get some Skrillex feature in there. Um, I was getting so hyped up. Um, yeah. I guess I don't want to jump to the very end where they all get destroyed immediately. But go for it. Um, when when yeah when he's just throwing around. Uh, Mando it's like actually this is this is like they're actually living up to their hype um it's really nice to see droids be really awesome in in the Mandalorian because they're just not in most other Star Wars movies um so yeah it's really really satisfying um but I guess going later on to watch just Luke just destroy them all I was I actually kind of felt a little bit bad for Moff Gideon because you know we're, we're talking about how um they're like the perfected like it's like a third generation um they've been like yeah, they've been perfected, and then they just immediately get destroyed. And I, yeah, I was like, wow, that actually is really frustrating for uh, for someone who's worked so hard on them. But yeah, up until that point, they were like, yeah, I, I was a huge fan. What about right. how, like stormtroopers have armor that Ewoks can shoot arrows through, and these guys get like <laughs> these droids yeah. get like nth metal material to like make it so unfair. Yeah. You know what this speaks the most to for me is like Luke Skywalker, one single Jedi, comes in here and kills just the most brutal, like re- like ruthless, toughest battalion of soldiers ever. Ever. How did all the other Jedi's die in Order sixty six against a bunch of stormtroopers? You know what I'm saying? How bad were those Jedi if they were killed by stormtroopers? Where one guy, Luke, is just killing tons, a whole battalion of these badass dark troopers. It, it just speaks a lot about how poorly trained they must have been back then. Rachel, was, what do you got? It, it's more I about the betrayal. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I have a question about the dark troopers. Because what I don't understand is they're so badass. They're like, I can take on Mando and stuff. But all they can do is punch. Like, they're punching the windows. Yeah, that's like, like well, you all you like you didn't think to maybe like put some cool guns or bombs or whatever on them. No, yeah. they just punch. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's like they were playing street when you play Street Fighter and you just push A <laughs> over and over again and just hope that that's the best way. Yeah, and especially like when they were punching Mando in the head. First of all, I was like, I like that you managed to still somehow get your helmet off, even though like it clearly got dented in that fight. But like. <laughs> 
I'd love to see like more that. more <laughs> Beskar lightsaber slash darksaber battles as well. Oh, yeah. Watching it heat up and glow was really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I saw Kyber, it said Kyber versus Beskar, and I was like, that's a fun way of thinking about it versus like lightsaber and, and armor. It's like looking at the two uh, elements, yeah. I guess. But like uh, that whole fight, I'm sorry, Mob Gideon, I was like, you didn't stand a chance from the get-go. But like when he like puts his arm up and you can just see it glowing. So good. Right. Um, well, I mean, that takes us through most of it. I, are we surprised uh, that we didn't see uh, Cobb Vanth? Anyone surprised we didn't see Cobb Vanth here? Or did he just a little didn't... bit, but I don't know if he, he could coexist with Boba Fett. Yeah. Maybe that's a next season thing. We'll see him again. Um, I mean, he is on Tatooine, so yeah. One thing, oh, I, one thing, one thing I liked about the episode was uh, that it highlighted another weapon, which was cool. You know, like Force Awakens highlighted... Um, the bowcaster really well and that would like like showed you how strong kylo ren was uh because he like took it in the gut after it was like blowing stormtroopers up um and i love that with dune that they she like is spending time like getting the gun ready and she's like yeah. just like having that moment and then the doors open and she takes out every stormtrooper like it was like that, that gun is a legit character now like the millennium falcon you know it it was, uh, we haven't really had, like, the Darksaber's cool, but now she has this, like, character gun, which is, right. is, a, is a lot of fun. Right. I'm still not sure how a laser gun jams, but other than that, <laughs> they all that, jam, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, wasn't it last episode? Wasn't it last episode where his Urban laser scoring. gun ran out of lasers yeah. and he yeah. threw it at the guy? How does that even happen? <laughs> well, okay, so that, that, that is an aspect that they've in- introduced, which is, is cool. Rebels had brought it up before, was that like during the prequels, they have like thousands and tens of thousands of droids and everybody, right? And it's just, um, and but they've strip mined all the planets. They're like low on energy. They're low on resources. So they're like, we've got 12 dark troopers. Like that's as much as we can power. Like, you know, like when they're on the Death Star and they're like, hold your fire. And like Family Guy makes fun of them. What do you pay by the laser? It's like, yes, they do. Like resources are super limited because they've like stripped everywhere. So I like that they brought that kind of that element back because that's why everything's like bojanky now and, and it's not all all fancy because resources are limited in the galaxy. Got to figure out how to run on solar energy without actually <laughs> taking yeah. the entire power of the sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right, right, right. Yeah, how, how do we solar solar energy without a Dyson sphere? It's like, uh... <laughs> all right, I, I want to begin to, we'll begin to sort of uh, move towards the end of this podcast here, but I want to touch in base with, with everybody one more time here and just uh, maybe just give your closing remarks almost to the, to the season, to anything we haven't covered to the episode, anything like that. Uh, Joe, let's, let's start with you here. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to what's in store. It's not really a cliffhanger, but it is. Um, I really want to find out what happens. I do, I do want to find out what happens with Luke and Grogu. I mean, that's something that I'm really interested in. I'm also very interested in what happens with Boba Fett. I'm also really interested in what happens with Bo-Katan and the Mando and, and what storylines play out. So uh, Disney has me right where they want me. They're going to take all my money. They're going to take my subscription costs for Disney+. Plus. I'm hooked. Aaron, do you have anything else uh, that you want to say? No, yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. I see season one and season two kind of being this is one big season and that being like the birth of all these different uh, shows. Um, I'm particularly excited for, for the – Bogotan versus Mando showdown, as well as uh, what happens to Snoke and uh, and Moff Gideon. Alex, your thoughts on the season as a whole? I'm just really, I'm really happy for Star Wars fans, you know, because this is like this is like a golden age for us, you know what I mean? I, there's a lot of, you know, like listen to that, everyone's gushing, and we're all, you know, uh, Joash was talking about reading, you know, the Darth Bane books. Like everyone's a pretty big fan on here, and everyone's really satisfied with this product, and that's hard to do, man. That it, you see time and time again that you know, like people who are really into material are not the easiest people to please. You know what I mean? And I think we haven't talked about Dave Filoni at all yet on this show, but I just think, you know, like, you know, you asked the question, Trevor, like, are they overextending? And I think they've proven at uh, Dave Filoni has now proven to us that like, he can be trusted with this material completely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he is very faithful to trying to adhere to like the vision that Lucas set out, the vision that we all kind of see it as like, it's, it's all working. You know what I mean? So that, that fills me with tons of confidence going forward that they can, you know, have the freedom to kind of like expand and play with ideas and stuff. And I just feel like they're not going to, 
make missteps. They're just, they're killing it right now. It's, it's so good to see. Rachel, we didn't get to talk too much about uh, Pedro Pascal taking off his mask again. You get to see his face again. Have a little face-to-face with him and Grogu. I'm sure you love that. Uh, yeah, I like, my brain has been broken and my editors are letting me write whatever I want. And so multiple times today I put, much like myself, I would also like to touch the face. Like I didn't put the, I put the face. Yeah. And it's in my article. <laughs> and I was like, I guess that's how I'm writing now. But like, uh <laughs> I was really excited about that because I think this whole show, and I said this at the end of last season, and my bosses called me, like, they were like, I I think you're wrong, and I have been proven right today. I said that this was my favorite Star Wars property because it understands why people like Star Wars and ties everything into Star Wars and makes me really excited about Star Wars in a way that I wasn't with Rise of Skywalker, like, sorry to Rise of Skywalker, but, like, I came out of that movie and was like, cool, and then I remembered I had Mandalorian episodes and was like, I'm back. But, like, uh, and this season, like, proved that. Like, the show is so good about, like, giving Star Wars fans something to enjoy. And my only fear is that they're going to, like, not feature Dinda Djarin as much. And I'm like, please don't do that to me. I love him so much. He only cares about his son. Everyone else is a secondary idea to him. He's like, I care about this child and making sure he's safe. And so I'm really excited to see what they actually end up doing mm-hmm. in the well- future of it. Yeah, love it. Dale here. Uh, it's been great to have you on here to hear your thoughts for the first time on the podcast. How, how do you wrap up this, this season here? Yeah, you know, I, um, Star Wars, the Star Wars films are like a, such an amazing experience, but like when you're going through them, uh, as I've gone through, you know, most like two trilogies, um, they always disappoint you while they're being made because they don't do anything that you want them to do because you spend all your time thinking about them. And so uh, what's been really nice about uh, the Mandalorian is that it's taken all those things. Like the best things about Mandalorian are the fact that they had like interplanetary Jawas and, and, and you know, and that like that the, one of the main characters is like a, a Yoda type creature or, or that like, like Luke shows up. Like when they, when they make their small ball story um, a part of the, the greater universe, they're enhancing it, you know, like, having the whole thing about Snoke and stuff like that. It's like, Oh wow. Like that does make Snoke better. Like they're, they're improving their franchise around them. And that is a huge undertaking. And I think John Favreau and Dave Filoni um, becoming the creative powers at Lucasfilm, uh, especially the star Wars product is, was a huge improvement over Kathleen Kennedy as good of a business runner as she is creatively. She showed indecisiveness, which ultimately created frustration um, even though I still enjoyed my entire time, I still get everybody's frustration. So um, I, I just think they did a reclamation project with Mandalorian. And uh, I think it was a huge undertaking. And But it's also made it so Star Wars, there's not so much pressure. It's not like this $2 billion tentpole film that they has to, like, has to be perfect or like everybody hates it. Like, if you don't like the next series, it doesn't matter. Like, if, if you don't like where Mandalorian goes, it won't matter because you'll have gotten three other shows. And uh, and I think that's the, one of the coolest things that they've done with Mandalorian Season 2 where they've made, somehow made Star Wars bigger. It's the best of Star Wars, right? It's like, to me, the Mandalorian is what Star Wars should be. Um, and you're absolutely right, Dale. Like, this just... It, it, it's like an inflection point. Now we've gone through like the trials and tribulations of really bad Star Wars and we're exploring what good, deep uh, Star Wars is. Jordan, we've, we've made it through the whole season. Uh, how, do you, how do you wrap this up here? Yeah, it's so good. I mean, the last thing people need to hear is more gushing, but uh, that's what you're going to get here. Um, you know, I actually loved also when uh, we got to see Pedro's face there and when uh, Grogu was touching his face. I got major, This I don't know if people, I'm going to lose people here. You guys have seen Hook, the old Peter Pan movie, when Thud oh, yeah. is touching yeah. Robin Williams' face and he's like, yeah. oh, there you are, Peter. I thought that's what we were going to get from Grogu. There totally. you are, Mando. That's awesome. That was that's the major perfect. vibe I got watching that. But totally. man, this, this show is unbelievable. I just feel like, I feel like blessed. Right? Is that too strong a word? I feel blessed that I get to watch like basically uh, an epic feature film every Friday, right? It's like the most amazing show. You guys don't need to tell you that. Like it's just been so good. I, we didn't even talk about the 
the scene in the bar where Boba Fett and Cosca Reeves were bickering at each other, had a little fight. There's just so many little things too that are yeah. so much fun. Uh, yeah, this has been an incredible season. I think the first season was great. This season blew it away. This one was way beyond the first season, like not even close, a different galaxy from the first season. And I'm excited to see where it goes next. Right. And that, I was going to ask you season one or season two, but I, you know, I think are we in agreement that season two surpassed season one. Is anyone oh, yeah. from that? The, the, my other question is, is that we've been Maybe rating. Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> Might be the only one. Yes. We've been rating the, uh, the podcast, the episodes, sorry, the, the episodes of Mandalorian out of 10 every week, me and Jordan, and then whoever the guest is. Uh, I think it's safe to say 10, Jordan. Is that right? Yeah, I'll go with a 10 here. Is, is anyone, is any of the guests would go not a 10? Would any of the guests go not a 10? Anyone going to nine? It depends. Is it about my emotional, like, placement in the world after I finish the episode or just, like, how I felt about the episode as a whole? Because those are two different things. I'm not sure we have uh, that, that long <laughs> detailed list of what the requirements are. I think we just give it a number. Because it- if this was if I cried or not, then it's a ten. Right. I, I think I think if you take a look at the at the episode as a whole, it's just brought everything that we've experienced through the previous episodes yeah. into one. We get lightsabers, we get Grogu, yeah. we get Moff Gideon, we get a dark saber, we get the Death Troopers finally doing stuff, and then we get like some sort of closure, right? There's a little bit of closure you feel at the end of this episode. Yeah. So for me, it's a hard ten. Right, you're seeing double fives. So if we put 10s across the board, that basically puts it in a tie, Jordan, when me, you, and Alex a couple weeks back each gave 10s to the Jedi. And so we, don't, we can't do tie for the number one episode. So uh, let's break the tie here. Uh, Alex, you were there. You, you, you can have a say in this one. Uh, between the Jedi, the Ahsoka episode, and the, this episode, we'll call it the Luke episode, uh, do you have one above the other? It's really hard, man. I, I, they're both really good. It's like asking me to choose between like children. Like, yeah, that's easy. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't okay. have I only have one. I only have one. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no idea. Um, <laughs> man, I guess I think I might go this one. I mean, I think my hype was greater going in. I, I'd, I'd been so excited for Ahsoka because I knew Ahsoka was coming, but it was like with this. I, you know, in the back of my head, I know a Jedi is going to show up, right? He's made this connection on Typhon. I know someone's going to come in this, like, you know, he's, he knows where Grogu is. It's before the season ends, someone's going to show up. But, like, the way it happened, the way it played out, the way they end up making it look good, it wasn't like a clunky CGI Luke. It looked solid. The way it, the action sequences, the, the Rogue One similarities like you guys talked about, I, I think I do go with this episode, right. although obviously it's so recent that it's hard to put it in proper context. Yeah, one of the things actually, uh, in the previously on, they they get they did have the conversation of Ahsoka talking about Tython and that you, he's going to talk to somebody. I almost wish, get rid of that. Let's not, you know, that made it sure, okay, now someone's definitely going to show up. Yeah. Um, even though we were pretty sure someone might anyways, but just get rid of that. Let's be more surprised. Jordan, uh, Ahsoka episode versus the Luke episode. Yeah, these are both really, really good. I, you know, I think I, I, what Nicole said about Moff Gideon really resonated with me that he kind of went down a little bit easy and wasn't quite badass enough. I really wanted to see him get one over on the Mando, maybe kill one of the good guys. And, and that I was a little bit disappointed in. And I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head I was disappointed in in the Jedi. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the Jedi as the top episode of the series of the season. Oh. Okay, so it, it comes might have to... had the better lightsaber fight because right. you yeah, got like certainly. what's her name who's like Bruce Lee's goddaughter. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah she was pretty exactly. good. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. For me, I guess I'll, I'll break the tie here. Um, I haven't actually decided which one I'm going to go with, but I think the I just watched the Ahsoka episode, and it has a great lightsaber fight. Obviously, seeing Ahsoka is great. Again, we knew it was coming. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't really a surprise. We we knew it was coming, and you know, we got to see Ahsoka fight uh, Mando as well a little bit, a quick one. But in this one, we get to see, we have we have many good battle scenes. We get more Moff Gideon. Yes, he loses. Maybe I didn't like that he tried to, I always find it funny where he was shooting at Grogu. Mando jumped in front of him. And then they put guns to him to say, stop shooting. And so he stops shooting, but then he tries to shoot himself. Why does he just keep kind of shoot? Shoot his way out. Anyways, unrelated. My one, my one pickle with this episode. But uh, in the end, I'm gonna go with this finale. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it at number one. 
I think it's just too hard to, to overlook. Too many big things happen. We had Luke freaking Skywalker show up on the Mandalorian. So it's like, okay, we have to go with that. The other thing is when that green light, lightsaber showed up, I was disappointed it wasn't purple, but it's okay. Um, yeah. Mace Windu watch is officially over. Um, but, all right. So to wrap up the, the season-long rankings, we go number one is the rescue. Number two is the Jedi. That's the Ahsoka episode. Number three is the heiress. Uh, number four is the tragedy. Number five is the passenger. That's the frog lady episode. No, that's not right. Number five is the believer. That's the last episode. Number six is the passenger. Uh, number seven is the marshal. That's the premiere. And the, the word, our least favorite episode is the siege. That's the Cara Dune, Grief Karga, uh, Mithril episode. So I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Anyone have any dispute, major disputes with that? And we're good there. The one thing I will say, I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I, I'm, I'm going to give uh, Moff Gideon a pass. I think ever since I watched uh, Rogue One, and now that I know a creature like Borg Gullet exists in the universe, which is absolutely horrifying. It sucks your brain out through a straw. Like, I would kill myself too, man. No, no. I right. get it. I get right. it. I get That's it. Fair. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, that basically does it for us here. Uh, I think we enjoy what we're talking about. Let's We can do more of these sort of there's so many questions. We could talk about Luke itself for an hour long. We could talk about so many things. We only really scratched the surface on a lot of these topics. So we'll probably be back with, with more at some point. We will give an update of what's to come. But that basically does it for this season here, Mandalorian Season 2 of The Mandalorian. And I recaps here. And it has been a pleasure for those of you who listened, for those of you who stuck all the way through um, to this long up in the podcast, we thank you. Uh, please let us know that you that you watched it, you know, Message us on Instagram at NeverSeenSW. Message me at Trevor Chong on Twitter, Instagram, C-H-O-N-G. And uh, let us know that you listened, that you liked it, and any suggestions if you have for us. Uh, big thank you to all the guests here for coming on on this crazy sort of panel that we had here. We really appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, Jordan, you got, any, you got any last words here? Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun in the new year. Trevor and I are looking at uh, doing another rankings podcast. We're going to rank all the movies. So I'm sure that will go well with no controversy whatsoever. So I'm excited to get back into ranking everything. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, we're, we'll do some kind of feedback show. We'll get into some more of the of the untouched you know subjects that we didn't talk about in this podcast tonight about Mandalorian. But yeah, lots more to come. Disney Plus has us covered for the next 50 years. So we're good to go. That's great. So much, so much more uh, to podcast about, and we're looking forward to be right there. We'll be back with so much more. Uh, we'll give an update podcast soon, just so you, we won't explain it all now. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we appreciate it so much. Uh, what a season it was, and may the force be with you. Bye.